0: I'm back to recording this on the morning. Look at that. On a Monday morning. That's confusing. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. <clears throat> apparently I don't have a voice, which is fun. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, back going to try to get five in, in this week considering got, what, three last week? Did not get the weekend one done like I had hoped. Just We had a, we, like I, I, I think I mentioned on Friday. Did I do a show on Friday? I believe I did. Uh, had a baby horse born. That just kind of kept me precluded from getting the things done that I wanted to do. It just didn't work out that way. Uh, then yesterday, I was like, oh, it's a beautiful day. I'll do one after I go for a walk. I went for an 11-mile walk, which was dumb. And when I got back home, I passed out until the news broke about Donovan People's Jones and Chris Evans. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to start out with uh, with those two topics. Uh, and then we're gonna get into there's been a, a local radio host that is keep keeps on like throwing in this little deal. Apparently, I haven't even been listening, but I get texts from my best friend and he's always like, hey, so he keeps on saying this about Michigan and Michigan state. And I just I just want to rebut it real quick. It's dumb. It is so numb. So we'll get to that. Um, but today's show, remember, is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate. Like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right. So let's start out. Let's get into – start with – the. I, I feel like the Chris Evans news is the bigger story. So we'll start out talking about that. Um. So if you hadn't heard – uh, Jim Harbaugh, well, at the uh, Best of the Midwest camp yesterday at Grand Valley State University, which I did not go to, um, uh, he said that uh, Chris Evans has been suspended for a year by the university, so not by the football program, but by the university, and that's uh, that's I guess kind of what I, I guess to be expected. Like I like I talked about on this show before, I was kind of in a similar boat. I wasn't suspended for a year, but I was suspended for a semester. So he suspended for a year, uh, as he supposedly, as I read, he he's supposedly on track to graduate. So it's not uh, it. It was an academic issue that isn't strictly just about grades. That was mine. Was grades? Mine was I did I stopped going to class and I didn't drop any of them. So my grade point average fell from not good to terrible uh, after my freshman year. So I had to go back and uh, fix it he has got to do some other things apparently or at least they want to see some time but it sounds just again from the verbiage that was used that Evans while he might not be able to play this year that he would be able to return after a year suspended one year makes it sound like okay he's going to be able to be back for you after that so he, he will use a red shirt year sit out and everything. The questions are then like, what, like how how does he return? Like where does he fit into all of it? Um, we don't know yet if Michigan's going to take a running back in twenty twenty, but you, uh, there's a couple guys they're targeting. Uh, I I know that Blake Corum from St. Francis Academy is a guy that's got a really high Michigan crystal ball, but then you've also got uh, obviously the situation that Michigan currently has, which is uh who ends up being the bell cow if there is a bell cow and regardless there's going to be a couple of people that probably get some carries this year uh Christian Turner would be my guest to start uh but at the start of the season as I've been long saying I think that Zach Charbonnet will eventually win that job that's not an offense to Christian uh that's more of a belief that I have that Zach Charbonnet is a special special player you know you're just not necessarily going to to win out all the time uh, against guys that have the type of ability that I think Zach Charbonnet has. Regardless, I think those two are going to get a lot of carries. I think Drew Wilson is underrated. When uh, you keep in mind that as far as running backs were concerned, granted, he came in a lot at the end of games and things of that nature, but he had the best for the running back position, not, uh, not a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones, not a guy like Shea Patterson or whatever. He had the best uh yards per carry as a tailback a year ago so that kind of goes to show you like what you know Wilson gets underrated I think because like a lot of people look at him as being like okay he was a safety and what blah 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 you shouldn't be this you know what sometimes I think people just underrate a guy like him you know it's It's funny because a couple of years ago, people did not treat the Glasgow brothers, the older ones, that way, Graham or Ryan. When Ryan was out, it was like, oh, man, how are we going to do this now? You know, as a a walk-on type guy. And that's, I think, how people looked at Graham. But people look at Jordan as like when I wrote a story about Jordan Glasgow being all over the field and getting all this time. I got a lot of really negative, dumb comments in my Twitter uh, and even on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken, being like, you know, we are doomed. This is terrible. This is bad news. But it's like, you know what? Walk-ons have worked from time to time. True Wilson is one of them. So it's it's funny how sometimes just people want to see stars and whatever. And then they turn around and say that Rashawn Gary wasn't any good. Because I, I think that that drum was beaten a lot by some local media people who just don't... It's not even that they don't know what they're looking at. They willfully did not want to look at it that way. I'll put it that way. I think that people were looking at like Rashawn Gary. Like I've told you here on on this show plenty and plenty of times, Rashawn Gary did what was asked of him and he did it at an extremely high level. He was not asked to go out there and be Jadavian Clowney. Now, if you listen to some people, they make it sound like that was what he was asked to do when he failed considerably. If that's what he was asked to do, then yes. But that's not what he was asked to do. So by comparison you get the you get the five stars that are you know disparaged you get the the walk-ons that are disparaged. I don't really know that there's I think you just the best place to be if you're a football player is like a middle four star cuz then it's like if you if you play really well then people are like, "Oh, cool." If you don't, then it's like, "Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> But like a three star people like act like it's doom. If you're a three star and you're starting a lot of cases, like look how long it took Josh Metellus to get to this point where people finally, I think people finally are on board with Josh Metellus. I could be wrong, but I think that that's the case. Um, it took a very long time though. I mean, and I remember before last season, someone telling me I was having a conversation at a cigar shop with the guy. I run into there a lot and he was just going on and on and on about how like Josh Metellus was like the last guy he wanted to see out there and everything. And I'm like, what? like, okay, he had a bad game and a half in 2017. People remember the dropped interception, which it's, if that didn't result in a touchdown on the following play, then I think, you know, like say, say that was further down the line or whatever, like, down in uh, Ohio State territory rather than deep in Michigan territory and not an interception. People would just look at that as a broken-up pass. But because of the consequences of what happened by not securing that interception, which was costly. I mean, that very well could have cost Michigan the game. But he's a defensive back. He's not a wide receiver. Wide receivers got to come up with a catch. Defensive back, maybe, maybe not. Otherwise, he had like a bad game against... Uh, Penn State. Other than that, he, he wasn't like terrible, right? He was actually pretty good in 2017, and then he was great in 2018. But I remember having those conversations with people that were like all up in arms about about Josh Metellus being a guy, and when he committed to Michigan, he was a two star. He was the lowest rated of the three Flanagan guys. I mean, he was only ended up being rated higher than Gill once that was all said and done. But there's another example, Devin Gill. People are really They don't like Devin Gill because he's like a low three star type guy. But the coaches clearly have faith in him, right? Cam McGrone wasn't just handed the position. And that's not like it's not like Devin Gill's got something on the coaches. And that's why, you know, he's getting that playing time. I know I'm digressing really hard from this Chris Evans stuff, but my point is you've got a lot of tailbacks. There And Drew Wilson is a lot better, I think, than people want to give him credit for. Um, so, getting back on track, that's Chris Evans is just going to have to come back, and he's going to have to re-earn a position. Uh, might be easier said than done, considering like he probably had a good chance of being a starter. He was the starting guy out of the gates in 2017 before uh, Ty Isaac took it, before Kron Higdon took it. So, that's topic number one. Let's uh let's move forward. We will get into the Donovan Peoples Jones stuff and some Michigan-Michigan State stuff here in just a moment. But you know what? Shirts shouldn't wrinkle itch or sweat. It is 2019. And you know what? Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking beer in your fridge. Easy, affordable, and the perfect fit. Guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. With free shipping and returns, try on some twills, risk-free. After all, feeling, it's believing. Smart Casual just got smarter and cheaper. Twillery brings performance work shirts to the next level uh, with four-way stretch material that shuts down wrinkles, stops sweat, and keep you looking fresh and cool. Uh, For as low as $55 a pop, when you bundle four or more and free shipping and returns, it's top value in smart workwear. Grab them here. www.twillerytwi slash locked on. Promo code for $25 off, locked on. And remember, limited time Father's Day special. Enjoy a free set of bottle opener collar stays. Only valid until June 16th. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Michigan, Michigan State in just a moment. Some dumb things that I keep on hearing, and we're just going to go ahead and dispel all that BS real quick. But uh, before we do... The other big news item to come out of uh the Grand Valley State University camp is the uh the news about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Josh Gaddis told Orion Sang from the uh Detroit Free Press that uh Donovan Peoples-Jones is finally feeling healthy. So that's great news and like that's kind of goes along with I always said like now I what I had heard is that it was a lingering injury and it was just one of those things those things that just had to heal and just wasn't doing it. It was just You know, promulg—I don't have the word. I want to say promulgating, but I don't think that's the right word. Um, But the uh, it just kept on going and going and going and going, and just you know, it wasn't going to be one of those situations where a quick surgery was going to fix it. It just had to get better on its own, and it just lingered and lingered, kind of like having a knot in your back. You know, like sometimes you can fix it, sometimes you can't. You know, I think of like Tracy McGrady when he was with the Orlando Magic. It just seemed like he always had back issues. Nothing you were going to be able to do to get rid of those back issues. And that's kind of a similar issue to Donovan's injury, which I won't spell out more about. Um, I am aware where it is and what it is, but I'm not going to throw that out there personally. But um, suddenly he's starting to feel better. And that's kind of what I thought was going to end up happening because there's a long, long time like he hasn't. You know, he hasn't played actual football since uh, December 28th or whatever day that was. December 30th? December 30th. Okay. 28th was the year before. No. 28th. I don't even know what December 28th was. It's December 30th. It was the Saturday. That was the day before. Or December 29th. Okay. I'm getting caught up on something that does not matter to the point of this podcast. Nonetheless, he has not played football in a while, did not play spring ball, and now he. Like to me, it was like, okay, I'll start worrying if we get like halfway through fall camp and he still can't go. And from the sounds of it, it was kind of more like he could go, he would just be in pain. So now it sounds like he is able to go and is not in pain. So that's excellent news because obviously that puts Michigan in a situation where it has its full complement of wide receivers available. And like I wrote on, uh, I wrote some bold predictions on Friday. Which you can catch on Wolverineswire.com, uh Wolverineswire.usa however you want to get there. And um one of the things that I said was that Michigan's wide receiver group was going to be among the best in the nation. Like I look at across the, the country, there aren't many that I think are better. And I think you you know, you could point to Alabama as being relatively equivalent, but I don't think it's better than Michigan. Uh, they had a very good 2017 class as well with uh, Jerry Judy, who already is a known commodity is a star player, has doubled the yards of what Donovan People's Jones had last year. under Josh Gaddis, no, no you know no less. Then you got guys like Henry Ruggs that was part of that class. Um, so there there's a lot of guys there, but you look at the emergence of so many of these players. Uh, Donovan being one of them, Uh, We already know that Tariq Black has a star potential based off of his first three games in uniform, although the injuries have derailed him, so we haven't seen it since. Uh, Then on top of that, you've got Nico Collins, who we know also is very, very good. And I, I suspect just by the way that Josh Gattis talks about him that Nico is actually Josh Gattis's favorite of the wideouts. I still think that people's just by virtue of his skill set, will end up being the leading receiver. That's just me. But then, you know, like, on top of all of that, you you still have all the other guys, right? Mike Sainer still, uh, I know, is going to get targets. Uh, people are freaking out about uh, Oliver Martin. I don't know where that's coming from, by the way, and I have not gotten an answer. I have followed up because I've gotten, all you know, people's DMs. I've, I just haven't heard anything. But he was there. Uh, yesterday they all went out to dinner, it looked like, the whole wide receivers group. Uh, by a uh, picture posted by, I believe it was Josh Gaddis that posted it on Twitter, and Oliver Martin was there. So you can ignore that uh, that phony out there that said that by Friday he was going to be there was going to be an announcement that he was you know leaving the team, which is by the way not how things work. <laughs> um, so you've got him, and, and you've got other incoming guys: Giles Jackson, Cornelius Johnson's on campus now. I think Giles isn't on campus yet, but I think will be. I think that's – if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he is. Maybe I just missed him in the picture. Maybe I just forgot seeing him in the picture because I saw it, like, basically when I was trying to go to bed last night. But, uh, I mean, you're going to have Giles Jackson. You've got Cornelius Johnson. You've got all these other guys. you got Ronnie Bell, who, again, I think is a n- another underrated guy. Is not victim to the same issue, I feel, as some of the others. He was a three-star, but I think people understood as he came in, like, This guy was a basketball player, decided last second to play football in a very under-recruited region. Doesn't get the same like Hassan Haskins, probably on the running back side, probably deserves that type of thing. Granted, he played football, put up some insane numbers, but kind of moved back and forth offense, defense. He's going to probably get some uh, run at the running back position this year, I think. Um, Nonetheless, you look at this full complement of wide receivers. Michigan is in such solid standing. And I think it's the best wide receiver group Michigan has ever had. And that's saying something. I'm not dismissing some of the past wide receiver groups. I think it's the best that they've ever had. And I think it's among the best in the country. And unlike some of the past, like I have a lot more faith in senior Shea Patterson than I do true freshman Chad Henney. So, you know, I have a lot more faith in senior... Shea Patterson than I do, uh, see, you know, junior Brian Gracie or senior Brian Gracie. I don't know what year, but nonetheless, so I have a lot more faith in senior Shea Patterson than Elvis Gerbach at any point in time. Apologies to Elvis Gerbach. If you're listening, I don't know that if he exists, I've never, I haven't seen him on social media or whatever, but, um, nonetheless, like I have just, that type of faith in Shea Patterson. And it's because I think that Shea is a really, really, really talented guy that is among the best in college football. And again, wasn't kind of like the Rashawn Gary thing, wasn't asked to do a lot last year, wasn't asked to do things that necessarily fit his skill set. Was at times, we saw it briefly against Penn State and Wisconsin not so much against Michigan State, but we, we know he can make the throws. We know he can run. We know he can, you know, keep plays alive. There's a lot of things that he can do, but we haven't seen it as much in a Michigan uniform. He can throw for 400 yards a game. We just have not seen it in a Michigan uniform. He hasn't thrown for 300 yet wearing a winged helmet. Just hasn't done it because he wasn't asked to. And I know and this kind of goes into the argument we're going to kind of face in a minute, but like you can't sit there and look at a guy like him and say, like, well, he's not very good because he wasn't asked to do, you know, like you're not going to look at Donovan people's Jones as a wide receiver and be like, well, he's a terrible quarterback because he threw one pass to Zach Gentry that uh, went incomplete and then say like, well, you know, he could have completed more passes. Well, he was asked to do it once as a trick play. And that was it against Indiana. (laughs) So, um, it's kind of a similar idea. Shea Patterson was asked to do some very limited quarterback things and he did them about as good as you could, you know, plus 60% passing, uh, really efficient. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, it really, really, really good. So I think that Michigan is in just a solid position, especially you have a guy like him under center. You've got that full stable of wide receivers. You have Donovan people's Jones, looking like he's going to be healthy, ready to go by the time the season starts. If I'm, you know, maybe I'm reading too far into what Josh Gaddis said, but if that is the case, Michigan is in just absolute solid standing and that offense should just absolutely hum. So that is where that is. Um, my reaction to all of that I'm makes me that much more excited. Um, we were like a month and a half away from Big Ten Media Days, by the way. So we are getting there which is kind of also sad because summer is like just starting. And I say it's just starting. It's like 60 degrees outside right now. It's not going to get much warmer. So summer has yet to have fully, really, truly started. But uh, still excited for football. Um, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Wolverines on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Wolverines. Let's talk a little Michigan, Michigan State here in just a moment. I've got to destroy some arguments. All right. So there's a local radio host that supposedly has been saying that if Brian Lewerke was healthy in the game against Michigan, that Michigan state would have won. Now here's the deal. (laughs) Um, This person goes out there and says, like, you know, you have to live in reality. I deal in facts and whatever. That just doesn't deal with any kind of facts. Something I was talking to my best friend Doug about uh, is how when you look at the four years of Michigan, Michigan State under Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh is two and two. There's nothing you can do to convince me that Michigan should not have won 2015 I mean, because that was the flukiest play of all fluke plays. Michigan absolutely manhandled Michigan State in uh, 2016. Called off the dogs after the Wilton Spade interception early in the second half. Michigan State got a little momentum, started kind of climbing back, but Michigan was never in danger of losing that game, by the way. Ever. You get some Michigan State fans that say that Michigan State was the better team because blah, blah, blah. Look at the yards gained or whatever, I think is what they end up saying. It's kind of like they said like the year before. Which, like, it's, you have to take things in conjunction with one another, right? You can look at what yards gained is, right? You can look at that, but at the same time, like, it doesn't tell you the whole story. Stats tell you a pretty good story, but it doesn't tell you the whole story, right? Like if a team gains all of its yards in the fourth quarter when the, you know, the other teams called off its dogs in the third, things might look a little bit more even when they weren't, you know? And sometimes it's that'll come back to bite you. Look at the Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, New England Patriots versus Atlanta Falcons. Sometimes... sometimes and it comes back to bite you. It does. Um, 2017, I just think, like, Michigan could have won the game. I mean, they had the ball at the end with a chance to win it. Michigan State's game plan, I think, won, won that game. I thought Michigan State had a smart game plan. Michigan had a not smart game plan pretty much straight up and down the board. It was terrible. It's one of a handful of games that I look at under Jim Harbaugh, and say that Michigan just was not prepared or were ready for that game. They just were not. It was a terrible, terrible game. But Michigan State had a smart game plan and won it. And that's kind of how I look at 2018 for Michigan and Michigan State. Okay, we can joke, 94 yards and everything of that nature, yes, but Michigan's game plan was very smart. And when you look at it, Michigan didn't need to do a lot Against Michigan State. Yeah, the score was only 21-7. to 7. Michigan put up almost 400 yards. Uh, I mean, it was not a season low, but second lowest as far as yards per play with uh, 5.06 yards per play. But Michigan really didn't have issues moving the ball that much against Michigan State. They moved the ball, they'd get it to about the 30, stall out, and punt the ball. Pin Michigan State back deep because Michigan State couldn't do anything. The only time Michigan State got anything going offensively was twice in the entire game. Number one, when Michigan gave them the ball on what, the six-yard line? Their own six-yard line? Like if Michigan State did not score a touchdown at that point and they had to use a trick, uh, Brian, the work you played to make that happen. Michigan State does not score in the game, and then at the end of the game, penalties aided Michigan State's ability to move down the field with Rocky Lombardi. That game was over, over. There was no way that Michigan State was going to win that game by that point. None. You think that Michigan's players did not realize that? They still only let didn't even get let Michigan State get to 100 yards. And yet you have this radio host out there that deals in facts, supposedly, tells you how it is, supposedly, sitting there telling you that Michigan State would have won the game if Brian Lewerke was healthy. What about L.J. Scott? L.J. Scott was healthy. They got 15 yards rushing in the game wasn't like Michigan State's receivers were running wild and Lewerke was just missing them either. No, they were blanketed. Michigan State couldn't run the ball. Michigan State couldn't pass the ball. Michigan State didn't have receivers that were open. Michigan would at least move the ball down the field and then maybe stall out. But this game plan predicated that they did not need to score every time that they moved the ball down the field. Jim Harbaugh said, you know what? Michigan State's not going to be able to score, so let's just go ahead and pin them deep because... Then we're just gonna keep on playing field position. If Michigan was so inclined in that game, just like in 2016, if Michigan was so inclined, it could have been a bloodbath. But that's just not how it played out because the game plan necessitated something else. That's like a Michigan State fan, a Michigan like a rate or a radio host that is a Michigan State fan, pretending to not be. It, saying that Michigan State would have won that game if Brian Lewerke was healthy is like me going back to 2013 or 2014 Michigan Michigan State and saying that uh, saying that if Michigan had like one better offensive lineman that Michigan would have won that game. It does not deal in reality. It dele- it deals with fantasy and illusion. I was going to break this down much further and like actually go into like here was the game situation, here was the time of the game, blah, blah. But it doesn't require that type of attention, honestly. I just want to make sure that everyone out there recognizes that that is the dumbest thing ever because it was a manhandling. And for all the things that Michigan State fans say that Michigan fans do, that Michigan ran out of time, blame the refs, blah, 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 Michigan State fans are just If not just as bad, if not worse at times, because the revisionist history, this defeated with dignity BS is unbelievable to me that like, suddenly it's like, because guess what a month after that game happened, Michigan state fans had their tail between their legs being like, we just do not even want to talk about this game. And now we're almost a year removed. And then you're getting people like my friend, Justin Rose, who I is a really, truly a friend of mine. I really like, I love him. I think he's great. He's great. Out there saying like Michigan State's going to beat Michigan this year based off of nothing. Makes no sense. Maybe they will. Reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, maybe that works. The road team has won every game in the Jim Harbaugh era. I don't see it. I just, I look at these two teams and they're moving in different directions. I mean, I, I just don't think that Michigan State. Like, when I say I don't think they have it in them, I don't think that that means they return to John L. Smith, Michigan State. I don't think they're – I think that they they were, what, 7-6 and last year. I see them as being 8-5 and this year. I just do not see it. Could they surprise and get 9? Yeah, that sounds very Michigan State-like. I just don't know. I just don't know where it's coming from, this false bravado. That's why I, I, I always say that Michigan State is like Mac and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, I do a backflip every day of my life. When? When have you ever done a backflip, Michigan State? So that's going to be it for that, for that. Uh, well, hopefully I have a plan for tomorrow. I'm not going to reveal it just in case, but hopefully we'll talk some recruiting tomorrow. We'll see what happens for the lockdown Wolverines podcast. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah hole. You can find me online at Isaiah hole, follow the podcast at on Wolverines, or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. if you would like to be a feature sponsor on the show, please email me at lockdown, Wolverines at gmail.com uh, DM me on Twitter. We've had a, some, someone do that uh, this weekend. Find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.